my name is Abby, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to watch this message from the church. We pray that you are highly blessed and encouraged. We would love to connect with you more at our website at www.thechurchokc.com. We are in the middle of a series called Life Verses, and it's been a great series, and, and really we've just been breaking down some very simple verses um, in, in the Bible and talking about the fact that you don't need to... to to understand Calvinism or Arminianism or, or any of that kind of stuff. You don't have to have a master's or a doctorate in theology to understand the gospel. And so we've been dealing with some verses like Matthew chapter 6 where it tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And we don't seek God in order to get things. He's not a cosmic Santa Claus. We seek him because we find everything that we need is in him. We've talked about the fact that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And last week we talked about the fact that we can be strong and courageous in Christ because we know that He's fighting the battles. And tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of Psalms chapter 46. And we're going to deal with another verse tonight that I think is real powerful. And it's one that's, that's uh, fairly common if you've grown up in church or have had experience in, in church. And again, we're, we're turning to Psalms, we're turning to David, and David is so clearly articulates so many of the thoughts and the feelings that I have. I mean, the thing about David is he just wore everything about his life. He just put it out there. Whatever he was facing, you know, he didn't, he, whatever he was going through, he wrote a song about it. And, uh, you know, he's kind of like, Taylor Swift, she writes a song about every breakup and everything that she goes through, and that's kind of how David was. David wrote a song about everything that he went through, you know? If he had a rough day, he wrote a song about it. If he had a good day, he wrote a song about it. And uh, so we're going to read one of these tonight. Psalms chapter 46, starting in verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. In verse 10, in Psalms chapter 46 is our verse tonight. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know, the word translated be still comes from the Hebrew term rapha. And this word is found in various forms in the Old Testament with different shades of meaning. And it refers to that which is slack or to let drop or in some instances 
to be disheartened or weak. When used of a person as opposed to some inanimate object, most often when found in the Bible, it has a negative connotation. But interestingly, be weak here is commanded. And think about that for a second. And, and, and think about what David is saying here. And, and, and think about this entire passage and has it climaxes to uh, verse 10 here. You know, the, 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 it talks about the fact that God is our refuge and our strength. He's, he's strong. And even though, you know, that the earth gives way and rattles and the mountains fall into the seas and everything will, will just, just, everything gets annihilated, we're not going to fear because we know God is our strength. David, in verse 4 and 5, talks about, about Jerusalem, about the fact that God is in the heart of this city. And so because God is in this city, the city's not going to crumble. The city, even though enemies rise up against her, the city is not going to be moved. God will help her one morning dawns. Even though the nations rage and the kingdoms totter, he goes on and on and on. He says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And, 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 and if you notice as I quoted that passage, after every couple verses, they put in the word Selah. Selah. And, and what that means, whenever you, whenever you see that in the Bible, it means be calm and think upon this. It's kind of an accurate translation of what it means. So David goes for a couple verses and talks about how, man, you know, that the, the earth melts and the Lord of hosts is with us. And just think about the fact that everything passes away, but the Lord of hosts is with us. So be calm and think about that for a minute. I love that. He like puts these pauses in there. You know, because he doesn't want us just to go and go and go and go. He wants us just to take a little bite of what he's trying to, 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 to teach to us and what he's trying to say and what, what he's feeling. And he's like, just take this now. Think about that. Okay, you got it? Let's move on. Okay, now take this now. Think about it. And then he comes down to verse 10 and says, Be still. Be disheartened. Be weak. And know that I'm God. That, I mean, that, I mean, that, that can't be right. I mean, last week we talked about the fact that God's fighting our battles and, 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 and that, you know, that we can just tell, you know, the enemy just bring it because God, I mean, God's going to fight and it ain't my battle, it's God's battle and he's going to fight and he's going to deliver your head to me and, I mean, you know, this is, this is a manly God, this is a God where we're supposed to kind of buck up and go, that's right. But here we see a different side of God, a God who's saying, no, you just be still. You, you be weak. You be disheartened. You, 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 you be slack. You be loose. You just stop. This is hard for us to understand. This is hard for us to do. And, 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 Interestingly, be weak here is, is commanded. In other contexts, those who let their hands drop from work are condemned. Those who are disheartened are commanded to take courage. In contexts where being still is condemned, we find that certain obligations were being neglected and God's people were admonished to take initiative to fulfill their duties. You know, we have to rise up. We have to be the church. We have to go do something. Be a good wife. Be a good husband. You know, give money to the poor. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, and don't go with girls that do. You know, we, we, you know, 
There you go. You know how to tell if an Oklahoma State cowboy has a girlfriend? There's tobacco spit in both sides of his truck. Um, all right. Okay. But we find that certain obligations were being neglected and God's people were admonished to take initiative to fulfill their duties. But not here. And, and, and we read this passage. And this is one of those, you know, one of the things that, that we do a really bad job of is we quote verses. You know? Well, this verse says, well, yeah, but if you read it in context of the entire passage, it says so much more. And this is a good verse. And this is a verse that can stand on itself but for it to stand on itself, we have to at least understand the verses and the passage around it and what, what David is saying. And, and he just starts out by this saying, God is our refuge and God is our strength. He's our security. He's our shelter. He's our shade. He, he's the cleft of the rock that we hide ourselves in. And he's our strength. He's our muscle. He's our courage. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way. And, and you look at David here and, 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 and when this was written and things are going crazy in his life and it seems like enemies are attacking him and things are just coming at him from all different angles and he's saying no God is my refuge God is my strength he's very present help in time of trouble therefore I am not going to fear even though the earth gives way though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea though the waters roar and foam and notice notice here again though the mountains be moved into the waves of the sea remember we talked just a little bit ago about Israel and the fact that it's nine miles and that the city of David, Jerusalem, is positioned between the mountains and the sea. So if those mountains are going to be moved into the sea, it's going to wipe out the city. It's going to wipe out what he knows. It's going to wipe out the man-made kingdom of Jerusalem, of Israel, that, 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 that he's there at. And he's saying, therefore, I'm not going to be moved. Even though the mountains come and wipe away my kingdom and everything I know and everything I am, I will not be moved. You're like, yeah, that's the God we're talking about. I mean, that's, that's the kind of Christians we need to be. We need to, you know, yeah, just bring it. Though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And be calm and think about that. See, there's something about the fact that, that, you know, we can get all emotional and we can get all Pentecostal and charismatic and kick and scream and have Jericho marches and all that kind of stuff and shout about the Word of God, which is good. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Wherever Holy Ghost hankies. But there also has to be a time when we're calm and when we think upon these things, you know? Emotion's good, and we're emotional people, and God created us with emotions, and we need to embrace that. But we don't check our brains at the door. We have to stop and calmly say, yeah, that's right. I, I feel it here, but I know it here. That's right. And then he goes on in verse 4 and 5 and talks about there's a river that runs through 
whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation, and God is in the midst of her. So she shall not be moved. You know, he's just saying, man, even though the mountains come, wait, let me think about it. No, because God is in this place. Because God is in this place, the city ain't going nowhere. And, and this is how we have to approach our life. You know, we've talked about that we seek God first. We've talked about the fact that God works all things, so the good, the bad, our dumb decisions. God can work all that and make it work for our good. And then we talk about the fact that God's going to fight our battles and, and, and we, we build upon all of this stuff. And then we stand here and we say, no, I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to be still the way that we think of being still. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be still though the waves crash, though the storms come. I'm going to be still. I'm not going to be moved because God is here. And if God's here, God can't be moved. And if God set up camp in my heart and in my life, then I can't be moved. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. <laughs> Verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. But he, talking about God, utters his voice and the earth melts. I mean, that's loaded. You know? Doesn't say he shouts. Doesn't say he takes up arms. He utters his voice and the world melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah, be calm and think about this. And then David builds up again. Come behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to end of the earth. Just by uttering his voice, he can stop a war like that. He can stop all wars, everything that comes against us. Just by uttering his voice, he can make it just cease. He burns the chariots with fire. And then verse 10, this is God speaking. Be still and know that I am God. Be disheartened. Be weak. Now, what does this mean? Because it seems like it's an anti-climax to what, what's going on, but, but this is what God is saying, and this is what David is, is kind of teaching to us tonight, is, is, look, we build up and we remind ourselves of who God is in our life and what he's done. And I can imagine as David is writing this and as David is reflecting on this and who his God is, he's, he's thinking about the time that he defeated the lions that were attacking the flock and the, from, from, or, yeah, and, and, and the bears and all these animals that were attacking the flock. And he's thinking back to, to when, when, when he, he defeated a, a, a Pharaoh and, and, or Pharaoh, good grief, uh, Goliath there, all right? The bad dude, all right? Um, the giant. He defeated the giant and all of this kind of stuff. And he's, he's thinking back and he's remembering on all this. And he said, you know, it's, it's, you can see this turmoil where, where he's really wrestling with the things that are coming against him. All of life's issues, all of the problems, all the trouble and trial and calamity. And you can see him say, okay, uh, this is what I'm facing, but this is who God is. And this is where they're attacking, but this is where God is. You know, he's, you, you can just see this going back and forth. And he's just playing it out. He says, no, I know who God is, so I will not be moved. And then we see God answer him in verse 10. And God tells him to be still, be weak, be disheartened. 
and know that I am God. This is God giving us permission to be human. This is God giving us permission to not have to have all the answers. You know, to not have to put up that facade about, you know, I, I, I know that growing up and growing up in church and growing up in Pentecostal churches, you know, we have altar service like every week and because I think we need it. You know, I think we need that time when we come up front and we can just kneel and we can have some, some face-to-face time with God. And, and growing up in Pentecostal services and in churches, you know, I have friends that were really dealing with stuff. You know, and before service, man, they're crying and they're in tears. But then as soon as service goes, hallelujah, Jesus, thank you, you know, and they go to the altar and everything's fine, everything's great until after service. And then they're back to being where they were. It's like they walk in and it's like, okay, I'm just going to pretend like I don't have any issues. I'm going to pretend like there's nothing here. And then you have some that have, are really supposed to be mature in the faith and they're supposed to have it all together. And so they walk in because everybody's looking at them. And they think, okay, well, everybody's looking at me, so I can't have any problems. So I just keep everything that I'm going through, I just keep it in here until I get outside the doors because I don't want anybody else to know. Because if they know I have problems and I've been a Christian for 30 years, then what does that say about God? And this is the way that some uh, some of our minds work. You know, we feel the need to stand up for God, to prove to everybody else that God is real. God doesn't need you to prove that he's real. God needs you to prove to yourself that he's God of your life. Okay? Wow, somebody should tweet that. That was pretty good. So here we go in verse 10. Be still. God is giving us the permission to be weak, to be disheartened. He's saying, you know what, Brian? Go sit in your car and cry. Get it out. And as you sit there and cry, I want you to watch me. I want you to know that I am God. I I don't want you to think I'm God in your life. I I don't want you to try to convince yourself and talk yourself into it. You embrace what you're going through. Because I want you to know in the middle of that that I'm God. So be still and know that I'm God. And he goes on and he said, I want you to understand something. I will be exalted in the nations. One translation puts it like this. I will be exalted by the heathens. I will be exalted in the earth. God is talking to David here and saying, David, look, I know you're going through stuff. Don't try to pretend like everything's okay. Embrace it. Acknowledge it. Deal with it. And as you let all that out, I want you to know deep down that I am God. I want you to know that I'm the one that's going to be exalted by everybody, by the heathens, by the nations, by, by, by the Christians, everybody, not acknowledged. And understand there's a difference. It's not, okay, that's God. No, exalted. This is the God who utters his voice and the earth melts. I will be exalted in the earth. And, and that, that right there, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's verse 10. And that's in parentheses because that's a quote. That's, that's somebody talking. That's God talking to David. And then verse 11, this is what David responds. The Lord of hosts is with us. 
The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Be calm and think about that. In the amplified version, verse 10 and 11 goes like this. Let be and be still. Let be. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I'm not going to sing that. Let be. means take your hands off of it. Quit trying to fix it. Quit trying to do it. Quit trying to make sense of it. You take your hands off of it. You back off. You let it be. And you be still. And know. Recognize. And understand. Comprehend. That I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, our high tower and stronghold. Selah. Pause and calmly think of that. This is, this is important for us to get. Because we live in a world and, and, and a lot of us fall victim to the fact that we feel like we have to continue to do good. Like we have to, we, no, we got to go. We got to help people. We got to do things. We got to, you know, we, we just got to, we got to pray. We got to read our Bible. We got to, we got to, you know, witness. You know, we've got this checklist of all these things that we have to do. You know, we have to give money to the homeless people. We have to, you know, serve at this. And we have to do this. And we, we go and we go and we go and we go and we wear ourselves out like we've done for the past month. And God is saying, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to sit back and know that I'm God. Know that when, when everything settles, as much as the world comes against you, when everything settles, I'm not going to be moved. And so you don't find your salvation in what you do. You don't find your, your rest and you don't find your fulfillment and how much good you can accomplish on your own. You find your fulfillment and your salvation in me. And when I'm in you, you're not going to be moved. And look, times are going to come. Storms are going to come. The mountains are going to rage. The earth is going to go into the sea because we live in Oklahoma and earthquakes are abounding. Where earthquakes abound, grace does much more superabound. But we can be weak and find our strength in God. In Exodus chapter 14, starting verse 10, this is the Israelites. They've just left Egypt, and they're heading to the promised land. And Pharaoh changes his mind and comes after them. Verse 10, it says, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord 
which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. All the Israelites knew was slavery. All they knew was oppression. All they knew was being poor and not having anything. And now they're walking and they have just a little bit of hope, a little bit of faith, and they see this army. The Israelites are not an army. They are freed slaves. They see the most powerful army in the world coming behind them. And they see a sea in front of them. And they feared greatly. I would be scared too. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, you know, why? Why not just leave us? We were better off being slaves because at least we had our life. And I bring this up for this reason because so many of us, we stand on the verge of what God wants to accomplish in our life and it gets just a tiny bit hard. And we say, I'm just going to go back to where I was. Because, you know, while I was doing the drugs or the alcohol or while I was living that way or while my life was the way it was, at least, at least it wasn't this difficult. At least I didn't have to deal with it. So I'm just going to go back. And so I, I say this to say, to, I read that to say this. This is what God is telling you tonight. And I'm just going to quote it. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Fear not, stand firm. You know, in the New Testament, and Paul tells us, and when we've done all things, to stand. When we've done everything else, just just Stand. I'm not asking you to fight. I'm not asking you to quote scripture. I'm not asking you to do all the things that you think you need to do. I'm asking you to stand. Just stand and watch me work. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. I, yeah. Yeah, go, go ahead on that. I mean... And, and, and I'm one of these people that when I read through these things, I like to kind of put myself in that. You know, I'm, I'm one of the Israelites here. I've been walking. My clothes are dirty. My shoes, if I have shoes, I mean, I'm dusty. I'm feeling all this fear. There's this great army that, that as the army is approaching, the ground is rumbling. It's the strongest army, the most powerful army in the world. And my rag, ragamuffin leader is telling me to stand firm because... This army that I see today, I'm not going to see them anymore. I mean, those are big words. And we know what happens. God tells Moses, why are you still standing here? Get going. So Moses goes up there and he raises his arms, raises his staff, and God splits that sea in half. And, and the thing that gets me about this is the Bible says that they walked across on dry land. Okay, you know how when it rains, you go outside after it rains, the ground is soggy? Okay, this is a, a, a seabed. I mean, you would expect it to be soggy. 
God literally sucked all the moisture out of the ground for his people to walk by on. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, you may get a little muddy walking across there. No, I'm going to show you. You're going to see the salvation. So you go ahead and you, you be afraid for now. But while you're afraid, watch and see. And so they walked across on dry land. And as soon as the last one made it across and that army's coming through, God just goes, Pew. And you know what? That Egyptian army that they saw that day, the Israelites never saw again. The most powerful army in the world against a bunch of slaves. No, it's the most powerful army against God. I don't know what you're facing in life. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know how stressful your life is. I don't know what addictions or temptations or relationships or any of that kind of stuff that you're facing. And I don't have to because I know God. And the fact of the matter is this, is that whenever you're facing those things, we, in a very real sense, we need to be like David. We need to talk ourselves back into this thing sometimes. We need to remind ourselves of how many times God has come through. And we need to get it in our heart and we need to stop and calmly think about those things. We need to get it in our head. We need to comprehend. We need to understand. And we need to understand that God gives us permission to not have it all together all the time. But when we don't have it together, we don't need to go around just, you know, blaming everybody else. I love, I love what Moses tells. I love what Moses tells the Israelites in verse 14. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Shut up. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Just be quiet and just watch. If you need to shed a tear, shed a tear. If you need to cry, cry. You know, if you, if you can't comprehend it, that's fine. But when you can't comprehend it, you just sit there and you look to God and you keep your mouth shut and quit trying to figure it out and quit trying to blame everybody. You just sit there and you watch God move. You see, because you're going after God like we talked about in Matthew 6. You're seeking him because you know in him is everything. And then in Romans 8, we talked about the fact that all things work together. We love the Lord. We're going after him. It doesn't matter what comes at us. Everything's going to work for our good. We know that God's going to fight our battles. So we set back, we be silent, and we just watch. Interestingly, um, you know, so as, as our world kind of crumbles around us, the call from Scripture is don't flinch in faith in God. Stand still not because of a self-made confidence, not because you are the most composed person in the face of disaster, not because you've seen it all. No, we be still because of what we know about God. The message translation, I'm closing so um, our team can come back up, but the message translation puts it like this. Step out of the traffic. Take a long loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. I like that, verse 10. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything.
our life can get so crazy. There's times we have to step out of that. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about um, the work of the people and, and, and about liturgy and, and how these big cathedrals and sanctuaries were built as, as an act of worship to God. And that when you walked in, the feeling that was supposed to be evoked was that you were literally stepping out of one world and stepping to another. And though the way the pillars and the roof line and, and the architecture and all that kind of stuff, and, and I mean, most of us are familiar with like the Sistine Chapel and that beautiful artwork by Michelangelo. It was painted on the ceiling in order to get people to look up. Everything was supposed to draw you up. What our faith is supposed to be, what our lives are supposed to be, is that point and that moment where, where we can take what we know about God and who he is and what he does for us and, and we can take that and we can live that out outside these walls. And when the storms come, we can stand firm and we can stand strong. And when the rain gets hard and when the storm and the, ra the, the storms rage and blow, we can step outside of that. We can step out of the traffic and we can look lovingly at our high God. We can worship Him. We can cry when we need to. We can find our very present help in time of need. No matter what we're facing. And we can be silent. We don't have to have the words. We don't have to have the answers. We just have to be silent and sit back and watch God be God. So what does it mean when it says, be still and know that I'm God? It means be weak, be disheartened, be quiet, stand firm, and know, comprehend, recognize, remind yourself of who your God is, and know deep down that He is God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we just come to you tonight and... I know that we don't have it all together and I'm thankful that you've given us permission to not have it all together and there's times when God man we walk out of these doors and we're like on a mountaintop and we do exactly what we feel like we're supposed to do and we feel strong in you God I mean we just we just feel your strength rising up in us Lord but there's other times that it just seems like the waves are so big and the wind is blowing so hard in our lives and people are coming against us so much. We want to be strong. Lord, help us to understand that our strength isn't found in what we can accomplish. Our strength is in you. And your word tells us that when we are weak, you are strong. And sometimes, Lord, we have to be still. We have to be disheartened. We have to be weak for us to step back and let it be and let it go and see your hand move. And that's okay too. It's okay for us to step out of the traffic, for us to step out of the fight occasionally and, and, and just hand it off to you and say, okay, God, I need you to step in. I need you to move. I need you to do something.
there's some people in this room tonight that their relationship with you is not what it needs to be. They don't have somebody who can fight the battles for them. They don't have somebody that they could look to and say, okay, God, you're my God and, and you're in my life and you're in my heart, so I know that as long as you're there, I'm not going to be moved because you won't be moved. The relationship with you isn't what it needs to be. Lord, I pray tonight that that changes. I pray tonight that they surrender their life to you, Lord, that, that they give you control. with every head bowed and every eye closed nobody looking around I, I, I know there's somebody in this room tonight and, and, and your relationship with God is, is not okay it's just not right and you feel a tug on your heart tonight that you need to make it right if that's you I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at there's a hand and another and another and another and another and another and another a minute I'm going to open up the altars and I'm going to ask that if you raise your hand that you come and find a place at this altar and that you pray and you make things right with Christ and some of us will come lay hands on you and pray with you I'm not going to ask you your sins don't really need to because it doesn't matter because we're sin abounds grace does much more about it. but there's others that are sitting here tonight and you're facing a storm in your life you've tried to be strong and you've tried to be courageous and you've tried to do all the things that you're supposed to do and tonight you want to accept that invitation just to be still to sit back and know that God is God in your life when I count to three and open up these altars I want you to come as well and find a place take as much time as you need to pray at this altar got a God that loves you so much that he would rather die than give you what you deserve. If he'd rather die than give you what you deserve, can you imagine what he'd rather, what, what he wants to do in your life as far as helping you through the issues you're facing right now? So when I count to three, one, two, three, would you come?